The aggressor is weaponizing many other things, and those things are used not only against our country, but against all of yours as well. Those children in Russia are taught to hate Ukraine, and all ties with their families are broken. And this is clearly a genocide. When hatred is weaponized against one nation, it never stops there. Vladimir Zelensky speaking quite deliberately in English at the UN yesterday for a Western, mostly English-speaking audience and describing a, a horrible situation. I mean, you know, it's the kind of thing you thought was part of the past, but then this sort of territorial aggression, this idea you can invade a sovereign country and hold it and dominate it and run it uh, is also extremely out of date and extremely old fashioned. But what he was describing there is the Russians coming in, taking children away, taking them back to Russia, placing them in Russian families, sending them to Russian schools and teaching them to hate Ukraine. I mean, not only taking them away from their families, but basically trying to dismantle their Ukrainian heritage and culture. Volodymyr Zelensky was speaking in New York yesterday during a period of time New Yorkers can't stand, incidentally. This is the time of year in September every year, like the turning of the leaves, all of the world's leaders go to the UN and deliver some pontificating speech, but some of them are of significance, like Volodymyr Zelensky. Um, but the problem is they all run through the streets with their limousines and their security brigades, and they park wherever they want, and they drive New Yorkers nuts. But that's neither here nor there. Let's get back to talking about Ukraine. Zelensky is now going to Washington, where he's got a bit of a tough sell, because a lot of American legislators don't like the idea of giving money and arms to Ukraine. And then he's coming to Canada, where he's probably going to get a lot more of the usual hugs from Justin Trudeau. Uh, he's going to speak to Parliament. And then he's coming here to Toronto. And I guess that's, you know, partly because we're the biggest city in Canada, partly because there's a whole bunch of uh, descendants of Ukraine here in Toronto. So here to give us a bit of a handle on what to expect over the coming days, Melinda Haring is senior advisor at Razum for Ukraine and non-resident senior fellow at the Atlantic Council. Long title, but it's always a pleasure to have you because you always make everything so uh, crystal clear in your explanations. Good morning. Good morning, John. Thanks for having me back. Okay, so when Zelensky goes to Washington, I'm sure he's going to get a hug from the president, but not from some Republicans. I'm not sure that's quite exactly accurate. So will the reception be as warm on the Republican side as it has been in the past? Probably not. John, there's 34 members on the GOP House side that are giving uh, supporters of Ukraine a lot of anxiety. There's a, a big upcoming vote this fall, and it's 24 billion with a B for Ukraine. And I, I'm not sure how 34 Republican members are going to vote. Kevin McCarthy yesterday was also questioning aid to Ukraine, and his tone was pretty aggressive. Uh, but I would say the majority of Republicans do support assistance to Ukraine. It's really a question of, of the leadership and whether Kevin McCarthy will take this bill to the floor. But Biden is definitely going to hug him. And I think the bigger question, though, is how do the American public feel? And at Rosin for Ukraine, we just uh, commissioned a poll, and we found that 63% of Americans want the U.S. to continue military support to Ukraine, and 50 59% want aid to continue until Russia leaves the country entirely. 
Also, a majority of Americans told pollsters that they would support a 2024 presidential candidate who is in favor of continuing U.S. aid to Kiev. What do we expect in Ottawa? Because I, if I understand it correctly, he's actually going to speak to Parliament. So I, I think you're right that, that he's going to be feted and celebrated in, in Canada. Uh, the Canadian government has announced another uh, assistance package with more air defense, which you know is fantastic. Uh, I, I think that uh, Zelensky privately is going to ask the Canadians to step up. There is, I, I think uh, it, it's not always polite to say, but there, there's disappointment that the Canadians, since there is such a long, uh, long history with Ukraine and such a large diaspora con- uh, community in Canada, that you guys haven't done enough. We expected you guys to show up with bigger assistance packages. We expected you to play a bigger, louder, uh, more leadership role. And the Canadian government, unfortunately, hasn't done that. And he's coming to to Toronto as well. And I guess that's just sort of part of the the roadshow of trying to encourage Westerners to be supportive. Sure. And, and Toronto has a super uh, a super diaspora community, right? That's where uh, a lo- large portion of the Canadian diaspora community uh, who have money and resources that are connected, uh, that's where they live. And this is an opportunity for Zelensky to press the flesh. Uh, I'm sitting here in Washington, John, and I'm going to see Mrs. Zelensky speak tomorrow and Volodymyr Zelensky speak. And I would say, if you ask me, what does a successful visit look like from a U.S. perspective? I would say it's two things. I would say, I expect President Biden to tell Volodymyr Zelensky, I'm going to give you those long range missiles. They're called attackums that you've been asking for. And that will enable the Ukrainians to strike Crimea. And that is a big deal. That is a game changer if the Ukrainians can strike Crimea. The second thing that, that I'm watching for is I know that Zelensky is going to meet Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy. This is going to be a hard meeting. Uh, and Zelensky is going to ask McCarthy to bring this aid package, the $24 billion to the House floor, and he needs McCarthy to do it. There are enough votes to pass the bill, uh, but procedurally, it's really boring. We need we need the Speaker of the House to bring it uh, to the floor. So that's what I'm watching for uh, in Washington. Okay, and one last question for you. How would you characterize how the conflict is going currently? The word I keep coming across is stalemate. I wouldn't use that word. So the counteroffensive has been slower than anyone expected, but it, it was also to be expected. We, we the West, gave the Russians a year to dig in and build enormous fortresses and dragon's teeth and put an, an enormous amount of mines. So are, is it slow going? Absolutely. The Ukrainians are trying to, to retake four different provinces in eastern Ukraine. All eyes are on Zaporizhia. That's the important one. The Ukrainians are making progress. It's slow, but we didn't give them the weapons they needed to defend uh, to retake their territory. We didn't give them any air power. No NATO country would try the the kind of military endeavor that the Ukrainians are trying now without air power. It's totally unfair, and we're too impatient. Thanks so much for this. Always good to talk with you. You too. Thanks, John. Have a good morning. Melinda Haring is senior advisor at Razum for Ukraine and non-resident senior fellow at the Atlantic Council.